Hey there, Bob and Aaron, back at you, episode 3 already, giving you something to be thankful for this holiday season. You may be happy for a short break from college football, but don't worry if you're wanting that. We'll be back next episode, giving you a preview of the college football playoffs. But for today, some special topics. We're going to cover a little bit of politics, but mostly holiday food planning. That's right. You've been looking forward to the annual food planning episode. First annual. Here it is. So give me a few seconds here and I'll have our co-host on the line. Live from the Black Eagle Distillery here in uh, Minnesota. <laughs> wow, this is uh, quite the progress has been made on developing the relationship with our new sponsor. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Good. Um, yeah, I went to uh, I went to Total Wine tonight. They had the one point seven five liter big bottle. On sale for nineteen ninety nine. I said sold. So, <laughs> so did you? Did you have a little bottle of it before? I did because I didn't. I didn't want to spend too much till I knew if I liked it. Yeah, but it was pretty good. So I bought the what's the what regular size, like the seven hundred fifty milliliter. Yeah, the point seven five liter. Yeah. yeah. So I bought that for ten bucks because I'm like, well, if, even if I don't like it, it's only ten dollars. You can use it for the guests. That's right. Or I put it in my car when I run out of gas. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. For the ride home, grab a little snack. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so how are you? Good. I'm uh I'm trying not to think about Missouri, Tennessee. You know, it's funny, I was talking to Bill. Um I don't think Steph's dad, obviously. I don't think uh, his his sons just they're not football fans. Like, even though Scott played in college, he doesn't watch it. Yeah. And um, Bill is a soccer guy, so he doesn't. So anyway, uh, his son Bill, brother-in-law Bill, and so Big Bill calls me when he wants to talk football. He's always like, "Well, thanks for talking football with me," because he really enjoys college football. Where like did I do. Scott play? He played at Rose Holman, the engineering okay. school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, running back and kick returner. And so, uh, so anyway, um, I was telling him, I was like, I don't know. I can't tell if Bronner's nervous about the Missouri game or not. And Bill laughed. He's like, well, I don't know why he'd be nervous <laughs> because Bill is down on Mizzou, man. Um, he's a Mizzou guy, you know, so- he roots fruits from Mizzou and thinks they're awful. I mean, he thinks Tennessee's going to trounce them. It's weird, you know, how much of it goes on just the uh, perception of the fans and the, you know, what what people think is momentum yeah, and things like that. But, you know, if you 
actually look at what's been happening, you know, on one hand, oh, Tennessee's, you know, gone four and one in their last five, and they've won as underdogs three times, and this vast improvement, blah, blah, blah. But the last couple games, it's been pretty messy out there. And it's like, you know, it could have just as easily, they could have, uh, if the other team capitalized on the mistakes at all, they, they could have lost four of those games, you know. Oh, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I You know, I think uh, the Tennessee casual fans or, you know, looking from afar folks, you know, might perceive way more improvement than is actually there. <laughs> and, well, you know, and I'm sure Missouri isn't as bad as, you know, they've, people think they've been lately. I don't know. Because well, here's yeah. the thing, that they usually don't get the line off that bad, you know? Yep. You're and right about Missouri's that. been favored all week. And if, they, if the perception of Tennessee being up would have put all the money on Tennessee, and that's where the, the way the line has moved, because it's moved from, uh, I think, six or seven down to three and a half or four. So I can completely relate to what you're talking about. So it's weird being a fan because you feel you know your team, but sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you don't want to give them as much credit as everybody else has given them. And sometimes you're you're harder on them than everybody else is harder on them or vice versa of those. Um, Michigan opened as a seven-point favorite at Indiana, and I called my brother-in-law, who does all the betting and seems to be pretty good at it. And I was like, hey, I was interested in getting in on Indiana. He's like, well, the line's up to nine if you want nine points. I'm like, it's already moved two, two and a half points. Like, people must be throwing tons of money on Michigan to cover, right? Isn't that how that works? Yeah. I was like, well, give me Indiana at plus nine. They're seven and three or whatever, it's at Indiana. They can score a ton of points. We'll see. But I I definitely don't think Michigan's blowing them out. I just don't think they're, to your point, I don't think Michigan's as good as people. But it happens every year. People just overestimate them, how great they are at Harbaugh. And the team's really coming on. And it's happening again where people are like, you know, and when Ohio State goes to Michigan, this is going to be a great game and Harbaugh's first chance. This is what they said last year. Like, I just, I'm not buying it. <laughs> well, I mean, and this is what some people are pointing out about Tennessee. This is exactly where they were last year. Five and five. Need one win to get into a bowl. Everybody feeling so good about everything. And right. then they got rolled by Missouri and then just fell apart. I don't know, mentally or emotionally or something against Vanderbilt and got right? smoked by Vanderbilt. Yeah. And, and went right. home five and seven. So that's what, you know, it's like, well, you know, why wouldn't you think that could happen again? Missouri's even favored and everybody's acting like they're going to be seven and five. It's like, whoa, 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 so, whoa. 
So exactly the same thing. Because last year, if you remember, the Indiana game was the game Rich and I went to. And Michigan was favored by like two touchdowns against, at that point, it was like a four and four Indiana team. They were 500. Yep. And all they did was come in and throw the ball everywhere. And Michigan couldn't punch it in for a touchdown. In fact, I'll always remember the game we went to because the Michigan kicker set the record for most field goals in the game with six. And they ended up winning by, I don't know, 10 points, 12 points, something like that. But they were supposed to blow Indiana out on the way to beating Ohio State finally, you know, because they were ranked higher than Ohio State. And, um, but what happened? They struggled to beat Indiana and then they got blown out because essentially what Ohio State ended up doing was watching all the success Indiana had with their routes and stuff. Only they implemented it with five-star athletes instead of two- and three-star athletes. (laughs) And then just ran by them. Yeah, and just ran by them. And then everybody's scratching their head like, well, what just happened? So I'm with you. I'm not buying any of that. that, I mean, Tennessee, nobody even knows who they're starting at quarterback. Well, It's been an adventure. It's been the weirdest quarterback situation I've ever seen. Good night. Um, that is weird to not know who your playing at quarterback is. So they do certainly like the coach said, he knows who's starting, but they just weren't going to announce it till Wednesday. But it's still, I mean, this late and it's going back and forth between freshman and three year <clears throat> junior and, you know, right. One guy's got a broken hand. One guy throws it the wrong way. You know, I mean, it's like, well, hmm, who are you going to throw out there? Right. Well, we'll see. And then with Mizzou coming off such a awful loss, um, where they weren't even com- really competitive, I can't remember who they lost to. Yeah, Florida Your game was last week. Oh yeah, that wasn't too terrible actually. They kept it. They kept it close. I guess. No, the they hung, half. especially in the first half. Like it was not. Yeah. A... Yeah, that's right. You're right. Um, so you know. They tend to play better. It seems like they tend to play better at home. No surprise. Um, but I'll tell you what, Bronner. I think whoever has more rushing yards and less turnovers has a chance to win this game. So I've heard, I've heard if you uh, if you outrush the other team and turn the ball over fewer times, that tends to <clears throat> lead to victories. I mean, I'm not into uh, metrics. Is that what they call it? Metrics. <laughs> But uh, but these metrics, I mean, they seem to speak to me <laughs> on rushing yards and turning the ball over. Turnovers. Turnovers and rushing yards. I don't yeah. know. We might be onto something. <laughs> uh, we should put that on the blog. Put it I on know. the blog. Can you do Your that? Your game is an evening game. My game is an afternoon game. So if I get home in time, I'm going to try and see if I can't figure out a way to I think I think I have an old login that works on the SEC network because that's what Tennessee Missouri will be on is SEC network. Yeah. So, do you have access? Hey, did you get? By the way, did you get Jacob's thank you card yet? Uh, no. Okay, it must be imminent. We put we put it in the mail on Monday, so. Oh. Just want to make sure you get it. Yeah. Hope probably be there tomorrow. Um, so, so he got my letter. Could he read my handwriting? Yeah. 
Okay. Very good. Everything's good. We're we're locked and loaded and ready to go. All right. I'll Come, tell the great people of Reynosa that you'll be back next year. I hope so. Yeah. What uh how many houses? Uh we're doing three. Oh wow, okay. So you got yeah. a big crew. Big crew. Yeah, it is a pretty big crew. Um Rob is leading his normal group with um adults that he teams teams up with. Herbig and the Herbig family and the Aaron's family, they're both bringing all their kids are teaming up for one house with some individuals. And then uh, Steve and his family are going to join my team. Well, actually I'm joining his team. He's going to lead it. Right. Um, Who else he bringing? Well, his mom, his daughters, he's got a couple daughters going. Okay. Um, And we also have uh, Kevin and Tenley. So that's nice. Or on your team? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. We'll be rocking and rolling. You guys will be fine. Yeah, Tenley will be doing all the translating, and between Steve, Kevin, and myself, and I can't—I don't know if there's another male or not. We should be—we should be just fine. But yeah, I asked Steve if, if I could take a year off from leading since Jacob was going down, so I could just step away from the job every once in a while and hang with him, or go get a coke, or watch him play soccer with the kids, or something like that. So who's going to do the loft window? Well, this year, because you're not going, there is no loft window. We're, oh. we're taking that option out. <laughs> we're going to leave it. Hey, tell them, uh, don't worry, the loft window's coming. <laughs> Christmas you know, 2020. Just, just like just like when you uh, built your house with all the options, this year the loft window's not, not going to be on the schematic. It, it's not a, it was it's not, not an selected. option. It's not an option on any of the uh, styles, <laughs> style homes, whether you have a tutor or you have a. <laughs> so. I'm enjoying a fresh off the farm, Bell Breaker Brewing Company, Golden Grit. Oh. From their IPA Rotator Series, release number two. Ooh, what do you think of it? It's pretty tasty. I wasn't sure about the first one or two, but the third one's going down great. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> not not tonight. Not not tonight. First one tonight, but yeah, pretty good. I have been, um, I have just been struggling when it comes to pale ale IPAs around here because I feel like I got so so hooked on that healer, and now. I feel like everything else sucks when I buy it. I'm like, well, that's not very good, you know. I think I just got. Did you did you work on it? Well, you went to Total Wine. Did you try any of the ones I sent you on a list? Yeah, I tried the um, Easy Jack. I think. Yeah. I like that primarily because it's four percent. Yeah, so that's why have, I put that know, on the list. Yeah, you it, can have it's a good few for four percent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. It's okay. Like if I were given letter grades, I'd give that a B plus. You mm-hmm. know, I mean it's it's solid. Um, but I think I I told I think I did I yeah I think I told you I went to uh, when I went to Modern I was like I was like you guys are hopefully gonna make yeah everybody's like nope it didn't sell I was like oh man I bought as much as I could it's like you didn't check the metrics in Baldwin that's right. 
the metrics in Baldwin where you couldn't find the stuff because I had it all in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> and it lasted me. It was. It came out now. I think they stopped making it in February, and I was drinking it still through April, you know, because I had saved so much of it. <laughs> That's some uh, good work. I know. I can't wait to try the Black Eagle. I'm curious now on the Black That's Eagle. That's right. If this is yep. a... This is a new secret. That's right. I've never tasted. It. I've never tasted a better bourbon so cheap, so cheap. <laughs> At that price, you won't find anything better. Right, way better than. I, I don't know if you're a Jim Beam fan, but I'm not a huge Jim Beam fan. Um, to me, way better. Way better. I'm gonna have to read right. about this stuff, or just go try it for ten bucks. You can try. That's right. A whole bottle of it. If you don't like you it, add more coke. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got it. Oh, let's see. What else? What else is going on in the world these days? <laughs> um, how's I, Gonzaga basketball looking? Well, as usual, it's a whole new cast of characters, yet they're still ranked in the top ten. Yeah. Starting off. Came out. Like um, gangbusters, but then they struggled on Tuesday versus Texas Arlington for some reason. So mm. we'll see. We'll see how we do. The uh, the I say we for Jen, you know, not for me. But right. Um, interestingly, they could play North Carolina three times this year. This that? is an interesting thing. So their November tournament, they're down in the Battle of or for Atlantis, whatever they call that thing, down in the Bahamas. And they're the top seed on one half of the bracket and North Carolina's top seed on the other half. So if they win out, they'll play North Carolina in the championship game down in the Bahamas. Well, there you go. Then North Carolina is scheduled to be in Spokane on campus at Gonzaga University later in December. So within like three or four weeks, they could play them twice. And then well, the I good thing point, about and then the, the third time, about... of course, Final Four, right? So they could play in the Final Four tournament for the third time. Depending on how both teams do, but that'll be that'll be interesting to see them. I hope it'll be really cool if they play them twice. You could really learn a lot about both teams watching them play twice within three weeks. Yeah, the great thing about it is, uh, you know, losses like that won't absolutely cripple, you know, teams because it's college basketball and sixty-four teams make the tournament. Right, and and with Gonzaga's, it's it's frustrating because their only chance to play all these big dogs is uh, before Christmas. Mm. And after that, they're just, they're into their conference schedule. And I mean, it's, it's never been a great conference, but even then it seems to be down lately. Um, St. Mary's hasn't been as good as they have. St. Mary's, where the hell is that? California. Really? Sounds like a East coast team, St. Mary's. (laughs) They've got saints on the West coast too. Really? <laughs> um, BYU's been down since, like, yeah. you know, Jimmer Fredette, probably. And 
Utah has so, been that down since Rick Majerus left 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but Utah's in the Pac-12. Oh, all right. Yeah. There you go. But, well, yeah, maybe that's what so, Gonzaga should join is the Pac-12. Well, there was a couple years ago, there was some threat of them leaving to join whatever the conference is that's got UNLV and Air Force and Colorado yeah. State and all those teams. And they worked out some deal to stay in the conference, but we'll see if that lasts or not. So, um, well, in... Um, Michigan, they have played nobody really yet. They played some. They played Houston Baptist tonight. Poor team. Michigan scored sixty-three points in the first half. Oh my goodness! That's a lot of points. <laughs> um, not sure what the metrics say, but to me, that's a lot of points. Um, but their next game is the Iowa metrics State. Metrics say if you score over sixty in the first half, you win ninety-nine percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a coach. Well, what's your what's your game plan? This well, we're, we're we're aiming for sixty points here in the first half because metrics say you know <laughs> we're likely to win the game if we can score sixty in the first half. So we're just going to launch it. Um, but um, but they play Iowa State next, which is not a bad program. You know, I always think those Iowa schools put out quality programs, they both do. football, basketball, and then the following game is Louisville. Oh, so. I'm excited about that, you know, because Michigan's got a very young team this year. So my brother-in-law, Josh, is grew up kind of like you as just a Michigan fan for no particular reason. Yeah. And still is, huge Michigan fan, but has since adopted Louisville after moving there sure. know, over 10 years ago. So that'll be interesting. Louisville, Michigan, where, who's he rooting for? Where's the game? Good question. Let me look real quick. Put you on speed. I'm going to look at that. Let's see here. It is, we've got it right here. It is at Louisville, December 3rd. Time to be determined. Yeah, so I bet he, for sure he'll be at that game. And then the Big Ten, that's that's their, look at that, Louisville is an 85% favorite to win <laughs> there you go um well apparently louisville is pretty good this year it says they're it says they are number two in the country oh wow so, okay that's what it says um so anyway um so yeah, that looks to be that looks like it's going to be a fun one. And then the Big Ten tournament starts. And, but for some reason, they've got Oregon in there. Um, I don't I don't get that, but whatever. <sighs> so you, uh, if you get away from the Michigan Tennessee games. Things are kind of atrocious as far as the college football schedule goes. This week in particular, um, yeah. I do think I do think it'll be worth tuning in to the Penn State at Ohio State game for the first quarter. Yeah, well, see that you would think, hey, a top ten matchup. Look at this, but the line says Ohio State nineteen and a half point favorite, and everybody's kind of looking Whoa. at that. 
going. That open, yeah, that's Briar, probably about right. That opened at 14 points, I think. And it spread further. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, everybody in the country thinks Ohio State is just going to destroy them. So what would be interesting if Penn State stays in it, I guess. Or if they win, people go Well, nuts. you know what? That, that's going to that's gonna help me. If, if Penn State can stay in it and Michigan wins somewhat comfortably, that will help me because in the following week when I put – when I put this house on Ohio State to cover, then the line will be really tight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be oh, rooting man. for Penn State. I'm just, I'm already thinking about how the next house, what it's going to be like. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to double my money. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're going to some open houses just to check things out <laughs> ahead of the game. Yeah. Go ahead and write up the contract. That's right. Um. Yeah, but you're right. Just bad games. Um, oh, I am looking uh, down. It's just bad, bad, I, bad, bad, I have, bad. I have a buddy who's a TCU fan and a graduate, and um, so I'll I might tune into the TCU Oklahoma game just because I know, just because I know somebody who's into that, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've been, but um, but you're right. Otherwise, just bad games. Now next week, what you can do is. You can tune into the Michigan Ohio State game if you want, but the two thirty game is the Alabama at Auburn. That's actually an afternoon game. Well, that's always fun, no matter what. Right, and also it's Wisconsin at Minnesota, which, as a Big Ten fan, I think that one will be fun because that'll be that'll determine who goes to the Big Ten. Well, I'm surprised game. you didn't point out now that I've got next week's schedule up: Cincinnati at Memphis. Uh, yeah, well, I was getting ready to mention that one. That was number three on the big board for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're both ranked in the top 20. They got that going. That's crazy. Yeah. 19 and 18, Cincinnati and Memphis. Give me a break. Um, But, you know, so many of those other games have just lost their luster because I think Florida State's at Florida. Yeah. Yawn, yawn, who cares? Yeah. Um USC and UCLA don't care. Um what they really need to do is move the Oklahoma Texas game to that weekend. Um not sure. I think oh I guess it is Oklahoma Oklahoma State. Yep. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll be pretty Stanford. What happened to Stanford? Oh. Uh, I don't know. I guess who is do they still have the same coach who took over I think after so. Harbaugh? Yeah. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah. All I know is about three years ago they recruited the top two rated tackles in the country, offensive tackles. Because you know, the kids were bright and were like, Hey, we can go to Stanford on a full ride, let's do that. So I I kind of expected them to just keep that rolling, but clearly not. Also next week, Friday game, November 29th, the Apple Cup. Oh, God, I'm glad you told me that. Um, we'll be at my sister's for Thanksgiving, but that gives us something to tune into Friday night. Oh, yeah. No, that'll be a good time. Wait, is uh, Oregon, Oregon State next week? Yes, that's Saturday. Ooh, go Beavers. Game in that's Eugene. right. Yep. Be- I think, when's the last time the Beavers have won? <laughs> Eugene, let's let's look that up because it's going to happen. Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, I just I just got an epiphany. (laughs) Oh man, you know what's so weird about you saying nineteen eighty-seven? 
you probably, you don't know it, but you just called an upset tomorrow. Because that's the last time Indiana has beaten Michigan, Uh-oh. 1987. Uh-oh. Yeah, you didn't mean you didn't mean to do it, but you did it. The the folks on my favorite Knoxville radio station put Michigan on upset alert. That was oh, one yeah. of their upset alerts. Well, normally I would say they're right, and I still think they could lose. I would not be surprised. But here's why it's not as big of an upset alert. The biggest thing going against it being an upset alert is the fact that Indiana's seven and three. You know, it's not like it's not like they suck. I mean, they're actually a pretty good football team, um, and they're home. So, but it still would be an upset. So, just to me, wouldn't be a real shocker. So you're going as much as it would as, as much as it would be nationwide. Nationwide, people act like it's a huge shock. I would not be stunned. I'd be slightly surprised. Well, especially but not if they stunned. can score points. Yeah. Then anything well, they, can happen. You know, I mean. Yeah, you got they, they average over 30 points a game. People can score. You'd, yeah. And let me tell you this. In October, third weekend in October, Michigan went to Penn State, lost by a touchdown. Guess what happened last week? Indiana went to Penn State, lost by a touchdown. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Even matchup. Yeah. Okay, so this you got is, this Thanksgiving is... this week. Yep. You're going, <sighs> you're traveling. Yep, going right. to Julie's. Going to Julie's. Do you have food responsibilities? Well, here's here's what we here's what Julie and I threw around. Julie actually had this idea. She's like, you know what? With um, with Thanksgiving and you know, because they're gonna have Dan's parents have a traditional Thanksgiving, and then. My sister and Rich will come up on Friday, so we'll have a Thanksgiving on Saturday. Um, Karen will have had a, re- a traditional Thanksgiving on Thursday. So Julie and I were like, well, let's do something besides turkey, you know, two, you know, within a, again, within a three-day period. Two yeah, turkeys. for sure. Let's do tamales. Oh. And we'll, get the whole, we'll, get, we'll get the whole family. We'll get the kids involved, spread the masa. We'll make the meat. Yes. Steam the tamales, you know. My sister Karen wasn't wasn't really on board with that. She's like, uh eh. primarily because her kids are so picky. You know, they're like eat picky eaters. Yeah. So she's so she's like, eh. I mean, you know, we need so Julie and I were like, Well, whatever. So Julie and I are making tamales and uh, we'll still do I guess a traditional Thanksgiving on Saturday, but we're gonna have a a buttload of tamales on the side, which is what I'm gonna eat. And, so uh, um, her kids, her kids will eat the traditional Thanksgiving meal, but they won't eat tamales. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Either way, you're having tamales on Saturday. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Right. That's a brilliant idea. So I, I was getting coached on chili killies. Speaking of food. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking yeah. about that, not for Thanksgiving, Those... but kind of like you. It's like, all right, well, I'm gonna have four days off. What else yeah. should I do here? And I'm thinking maybe oh, Saturday, great. Saturday's the day where I take and, on the chilaquiles in my kitchen. And those are great because those can be as simple or as complicated as you want. Well, yep. the, so the dude that sits by me at work has given me some advice here. And he goes, well, what you ought to do, he says, if you make your own tortillas, I'm like, what are you kidding me? He goes, they're easy. They're easy. I'm like, okay, let's let's start small here. 
Let's uh, yeah. let's go with some store bought tortillas and then. Well, I I so if you're talking about the go to Walmart and pick up the pack on the shelf, I, I never eat those. But here's what I'm gonna tell you: if you do a little research, plenty of places carry pre-made raw tortillas. They're in the refrigerator section. In fact, Tortilla Land, which is a company that I think they're out of Chicago, so I don't know if they make it as far as you, but they stock a lot of grocery stores around here. You basically find them in the refrigerator area of your grocery store next to like the biscuits where they keep the biscuits and the butter and all that stuff. And they're pre-packaged raw flour tortillas that I promise you, Bronner, you could make your own. But it's a it's a crapshoot whether they turn out better than these. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll have those around here too, just with our population. But the so that's good advice. But I thought, wouldn't do they have raw corn ones? Wouldn't you make them with corn ones? Yep. Yeah. Tortilla Land makes raw corn ones as well. Okay. They're really good. They're really I just good. always assume that uh, white tortillas are an American thing. <laughs> Well, they kind of, yeah, they kind of are. You don't get too many flour tortillas in Mexico, right? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, almost because even when we go to the taco stand, those are corn, you know. So, oh yeah, corns, corns, they're uh, they're staple. But um, but I do recommend those. Although I will say, it's not tortillas. Just they're not very difficult. Um, if you wanted corn, you could go get a you could go get a bag of masa. And some lard, and you basically. So I'm going to start small here. I'm going to start yeah. small, work my way up. But, but yeah, the chilaquiles, what what type of meat you're going to use? Eggs. I've only ever had them for breakfast, so I want to do eggs. Oh, I see what you're going to do. Okay, so you're you're going to take the uh, tortillas and cook them with the eggs in the morning. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. He says fry the tortillas, add the salsa, yep. reduce the salsa down, get them nice. And then, then this guy says he just serves eggs on the side and puts, he goes, but you have to add, after you plate them, you have to add onion and cilantro. Otherwise, no go. And the cojita cheese. So. Well, that sounds great. That's good. I've made them. I've made them. Like when I've had my Mexico thank you party, I've done them as a dinner as well with shredded chicken. And See, I think I, I would like. like that too. So here's the other big question because it was it, it came up um, on vacation: green or red salsa? Well, so if I'm having well with eggs, you could go either. If you're going to have chicken, I almost always go green. I don't have red salsa with chicken. Hmm. If you're going to go pork, I prefer red. Or beef, I prefer red. Green is almost green to me. Says two things. It screams two things. It screams eggs or chicken. This is interesting. So what's so funny is the only ones I've ever had are probably the worst that anybody who really likes them would have had. You know, the only ones I've ever had are served buffet style in a hotel restaurant. <laughs> really, in, in a giant pan. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've just never, yeah. Damn Things it. like, uh, you mean, and these were for breakfast? Yeah, in Reynosa. 
Oh. I always just I dish them meant. up out of that pan and yeah, have a side of yeah. beans. That's the only ones I've ever had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, eat that yeah, for yeah. breakfast every day. Oh, yeah. And I look forward Delicious. to it every year. And then yeah. I hear people talking about them making them for real. It's like, oh, geez, that sounds even better. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good idea. And you can, yeah, he's right. I've seen plenty of people take the corn tortillas, the pre-made corn tortillas. I thought you were talking about flour tortillas. But yeah, corn tortillas, you could buy those pre-made at the store, no problem. Cut them into like eighths, you know, yep. and then uh, get your oil, fry them up. Yeah, that'd be really good. Because I've done that before on whatever recipe for huevos rancheros I had where I fried the yeah. corn tortilla. And so then it was like a fresh tostada, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And then um, reduced salsa down, fried salsa and the leftover oil, reduced that mm-hmm. down, and then put that on top with beans and fried egg. And, man, that was yep. tasty. Yep. So now, now, see, as a dinner, what I've done is I've taken the salsa that you choose and a little, like, chicken stock. And yep. get that nice and bubbly and kind of let it start letting it reduce. And then you throw like corn tortilla chips in there. And you oh. kind of smush those down, put the put the meat, which I've used chicken, yep. on top, and then throw a bunch of cheese on it. And then just try to cover that for like a few minutes. And then, boom, you've got like this. Because some, some of the tortilla chips kind of absorb all that salsa and stock and then you've got the crunchy ones that didn't get quite quite down there just get you a big old scoop of that and good stuff man okay i've got some experimenting to do this is exciting i know that sounds good i'm gonna go make me some (laughs) um yeah that's a good idea so I know you probably watched every minute of the debate on Wednesday night. I couldn't I couldn't tear myself away. And all the post commentary. Yep. So what was your assessment? Well, I'm a quail guy. Dan Quail's my guy. <laughs> so let's let's see on it. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing. Is he around? I wonder is <laughs> no, he... That'd be interesting to see. Where is Dan Quayle now? Good no, he, he was not in it. He was not there. Okay. There was my there bad. was ten people standing up there still. It's like, okay, can we can we get these numbers down? Let's get these numbers down. Who were that? Was it the um which side was it? Well, it was all the Democrats because Trump will be running as the incumbent. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So yeah. yeah, so he's running. See, this just goes to show that most people aren't even paying attention. And the people I'm that sure. are paying attention are freaking out, and their life is absorbed by it. Meanwhile, most of America's like, I got better things to do. You guys let me know. Let me know when it's time to, <laughs> when it's time yeah. to care. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, obviously Trump's running. So this is all the. Are there any good Democratic candidates this year? You tell me. Well, I don't know. It's up for you to decide. So there's kind of two camps, I think, is what it's turning into. 
there's the far left and the middle left is what it's okay. kind of dividing up into. Well, so. I prefer the middle left, so. Okay. Well, so if you want the middle left, then you're probably not a Bernie Sanders guy, and you're probably not an Elizabeth Warren guy, and you're probably not an Andrew Yang guy. So where would that put you? You got Joe Biden standing up there as well as he can. He's... <laughs> he's <laughs> I don't know if they walk him on and off the stage. By the time they turn the cameras on, he's standing there. And then uh, that sounds like that sounds like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I know. Well, I guess that's true because Bernie just had his heart thing yeah. a couple weeks ago, but he looks like he's back and healthy and ready to go. Uh, you got a. Let's see. There's three. Well, let ladies, me ask you this: three, four ladies up there. I think. Do you think it's a pretty much foregone conclusion that Trump's getting reelected? Do I? Um, Yeah. I do not. Oh, okay. Plenty of people I know think think that it's a foregone conclusion. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Um, Particularly since the economy's so good. I think, well, yeah. I mean, that helps. That that definitely helps. I think uh, I think depending on which Democrat goes in, the odds of Trump winning drastically shift. So I think if it's one of these far left people, that his chances of winning go way up, and I think if it's a middle of the road person, his chances of winning go way down. But we'll see. Everyone was surprised last time, so anybody who likes to try to predict what's going to happen uh, should look to the last election and just... That's the truth, because I remember being in New Orleans, spring of 2000... Let's see, hold on. Gosh. Was it? Before or after? Before it was, oh, it was 16 somewhat, then. Yeah. There you go. Spring of 2016. We went to New Orleans and we were on a um, swamp tour looking at the alligators and stuff. And I remember sitting behind us was a British couple and I was chatting it up. I'm so, I'm always a sucker for accents. Like, where are you from? You know, and, uh, they were talking about... You know my go-to joke there. No. When you hear the English accent. I will, I'll say within earshot, you know, I'll be talking about them like they can't hear me. But make okay. sure that they can hear me. And yeah. I'll say, hey, did you hear them? I think they're from Texas. <laughs> when, they're, when they're from Brit- Britain? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's Yeah. It's a crowd pleaser every time. Anyway, go ahead. And so um, I remember them talking about how nervous they were as as Brits about the possibility of Trump being elected. And I just remember saying, oh, you don't have anything to worry about. Like Americans, like we're not that dumb. We would never. <laughs> we would never elect Trump. Like clearly this isn't going to happen. Your Your fears are put them to rest. You know, 
And I, 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 I felt that way up until election night. And then all the states are turning red. And all the counties in the in the swing states were turning red. Who I, I who like, I would love to hear from is this couple now who are still telling the story about that American who assured them. Right, right. <laughs> and he sat there and he was like, Americans, you know, we have our shortcomings, <laughs> but there's no way we would elect this idiot. <laughs> so here's the interesting thing on on it that I found anyway was I was, I'm watching this documentary about the whole election and uh, the people who were most surprised on election night, maybe not the most surprised, but one, one of the groups of people that was the most surprised was the Trump uh, campaign team who had all the exit polling data. Mm-hmm. Like and they had their own top secret exit polling data, you know, and they had all their top secret pre polling data, you know. So if anybody knows better what's happening district by district, it's these guys. Mm-hmm. And they were sitting there on election night in their little meeting room, waiting for the official numbers to come in. But they already had all their unofficial numbers, and what the the conversation in the room. Um, was how did we lose so bad? Like they weren't surprised they lost, but they were just trying to figure out how they lost that bad. They didn't see it coming that they were going to lose this bad. Hmm. They knew it was going to be really close and they knew, you know, it could go either way. But then when it came, when their numbers were coming in showing they got killed, they were just really second guessing themselves and just their whole process on how they gathered data and, and all that stuff that, you know, going in that that could end up that they had lost that bad. And then they're watching TV along with everybody else showing that they won, going, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) So even the the campaign team was shocked. Yeah. You know. Stunned. Yeah. So is I haven't been that stunned. I haven't been that stunned, Bronner, since... Gosh, was it nineteen? Was it nineteen ninety one when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson? Oh my goodness! That's really the last time I've been that shocked. I I just didn't think he had a chance. So you need to get a hold of some kind of I don't know access to the thirty for thirty on that. Oh, that fight! Yeah. Yeah, stunned. Just absolutely stunned. It's great, but that some of the folks who weren't stunned were the Buster Douglas camp. And they're talking about what a skilled fighter he was, but had really never got himself into a condition to fight a, a real heavyweight fight. So he yeah. was supremely skilled, but never in condition to fight and he changed everything he um you know his i think his dad was training him or something and had a different manager and all this stuff and he you know started over because it could never really be a true accountability system and training deal with people that were that close to him i think was part of the story 
So it kind of started over with all new people, and they got him into real condition for, um, you know, a top-tier bout. And all that skill that everybody knew and understood that he had could finally really show itself with the conditioning on top of it. And uh, so they, it, it was interesting, his whole story. I guess I guess my first thought is skilled. I mean, he he couldn't have been that skilled because he was a flash in the pan. Like he beat Tyson, and then you never heard from him again. Essentially, um, I don't know how old he was. I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. To, that's a good me, point. I don't know what he did after that. Well, I think Holyfield came after that and was just a right. You know, and then yeah, then I mean, Buster Douglas geez. just floated on into oblivion. Yeah, but to me, to me, that's on par with Americans beating the Russians in the semifinal game in the eighty Olympics. <laughs> I mean, the Trump thing. Probably, yeah, probably the, the greatest upset of all time in any sport was was that. I can't think of a bigger upset. Um. I mean, that's how far apart those teams were with the Russians and all. That was pre-NFL or NHL, pre, pre when all they came yeah. to the NHL and oh, yeah. all the, all those pros. No, it doesn't then, even make sense. And what, what I yeah. always forget about that story until I think about it again is it was not the gold medal game. Right, yeah. Which, and to think all I, that, I, what I think about, all that emotion... Right and high, and, and then you got to come back, and they did, and they and they, did. they ended up winning the that's gold what, medal game. But it seems that's like what, what a time! That's what I they mean, des- yeah, they deserve more credit probably for the gold medal game, right? Because that was that was set up for a clear letdown. Oh, I mean, for sure, they probably should have gotten blown out by Finland in that game, but nope, they held it together, yeah, and that, won that game. That is. That that just really sends it over the edge for me that they came back and won another game after that. Yep, great greatest upset of all time. Number two is probably Appalachian State over Michigan, but number one, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, I, I don't I know. To... I don't know where where Georgia State over Tennessee fits into this. <laughs> That's not even top ten. <laughs> oh. I have got to send you, though, that video on the greatest college football season ever. It talks about... um, No, I started watching it. I think you sent it to me. I need to look it back up and watch the rest of it. But, yeah, yeah, what a crazy... So good. I need to look that up again. All right, well, I'm sending it to you again, just in case I didn't. It's that good. It's that crazy. So, right. do you go nuts over Thanksgiving? Like, what is there one thing that you have to eat this Thursday? No, not or really. I mean, or is it just well? Okay, this is what we do. I enjoy Thanksgiving, but I can really only have the meal at most twice. You know, everybody's gonna have their leftovers, but I'm not a huge turkey fan. Like. Just turkey doesn't do a ton for me. So I think the turkey's fine, but I always think, well, if it was that good, we would do this more. Yeah. Like, I think about it kind of like a chicken a little bit, obviously. And 
I eat chicken because it's healthy for me. So, hence, I would eat turkey, but chicken's what I eat. Um, but like fried chicken, oh, but they don't make fried turkey. Like you can fry a turkey, but it's not like you go to, they don't have a KFC. They, they don't, don't bread it. Hey, hey, Kentucky hey, fried there's turkey. our million idea. We're instead KFT? of Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah, we're going to have Missouri fried turkey. Yep. MFT. MFT. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have some of that MFT <laughs> <laughs> motherfucking turkey what <laughs> <laughs> so um oh my goodness <laughs> but this, <laughs> these commercials are gonna write themselves I know right <laughs> that MF turkey that Missouri you want fried some of that turkey. MF turkey <laughs> <laughs> mama I want that MFT what did you say <laughs> I'm gonna wash your mouth out with soap, but Mama, it's the turkey. <laughs> um, but uh, the side I do really like is uh, stuffing. It's it's not very fancy, but you know it's the only time of year you really have stuffing. Yeah, you know. Yep. Um, my second number two on the list, and and very high second on the list. I'm a sucker for the green bean casserole with the fried onions on top. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Cream of mushroom soup. Yep, I'm just a sucker for it. But See, the only time you have it is Thanksgiving. Something. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, because there's not many, you, don't, you know, unless you're going to a church potluck, but I don't know if those happen anymore. I guess. But, you know, mashed potatoes, I can have that all year if I want, you know? So, and I'm not a pumpkin pie guy, so. I'm not either, and I'm a, I'm not much of a pie guy, but. If somebody shows up with a pecan pie, then I can't resist. That's that's the one time of the year I'll have some pecan pie. Yep, I agree with you. Pecan pie is on point. I will eat that. Pecan pie. Um, I'll have some mashed potatoes just because that's about the only time of the year I'll I'll have some. And... Speaking of mashed potatoes and KFC, I brought some ma- I brought some mashed potatoes. So. I smoked a turkey for the staff last week and we had so much left over that I brought some turkey home for the kids. But on the way home, I stopped by KFC and got some mashed potatoes. Oh man. You would have thought, I mean, you would have thought I brought caviar home for my boys. (laughs) They were like, what is this? I'm like, it's mashed potatoes from KFC. They're like, can we just have a big old plate of this? (laughs) (laughs) With all the gravy, I you mean, mean, they butter were like and salt. You want some? <laughs> they were, they were like, "Where's we want more mashed potatoes?" I'm like, "Well, I bought a big old thing. It's all gone." They're like, "Can you go get more?" I'm, I'm like, "I get it because KFC mashed potatoes they are pretty good. <laughs> they are good, but man, I mean, if you just want some easy calories for them, just get some of the dried mashed potatoes at the grocery store. Throw some hot water in them; they'll go nuts." <laughs> Creamy mashed potatoes, bang. Oh, that's right. So how'd it come out on the smoke? Because I've been I am gonna get a turkey and probably maybe do it for Christmas. Um Oh, it was really good. Yeah. Here's my so here's my this is this is a trick I use though. So here's the problem with a turkey. So it's not like doing a pork butt. Like you can leave a pork butt on for twelve hours. So it's easy. You know, you put it on at nine o'clock at night. You go out at 7 a.m., you check it. If it's done, you take it off, you know, whatever. Right. Now, a turkey, 
you can really only do for like three or four hours. Right. And yeah. it's done. So it doesn't lend itself to overnight cooking on a grill, on a smoker. And like in my case, I need to take it to school at eight o'clock in the morning because we're going to serve it at 11. Oh, geez. So I'm not going to get up at two in the morning to put it on or whatever. So here's what I do is I put it on the smoker um, at about seven. And then I smoke it for three hours and it gets, I mean, it gets pretty cooked, but it's not done. Yep. And then I set my oven for 165. Then I put foil over it. I put foil over it and I throw it in the oven. So it just cooks at 165 all night. And guess what? If it reaches 165, it just stays there. Then I get up in the morning and I take it out and I take it to school. How about that? Where'd you come up with that idea? I just made it up because I was like, I, I need a way to, <laughs> <laughs> I need a way to cook this thing. But it came out great. Oh yeah, it was really good. How about that? And and with poultry, I find I don't know that it's the same with beef or pork, but with poultry, I find that after like two or three hours, the birds sucked up as much smoke as it's gonna. Oh well, so. that's true for everything. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So, so then I don't mind taking it off and just finishing it in the oven. No. Yeah. For for some reason with with beef and pork though, I like to just leave it on the whole time. Oh, I, I guess the, I guess well that's not really true. I guess the, if the meat is is a risk to dry out, I will take it off, cover it, you know, wrap it or whatever. Yeah. If what so like if you're gonna wrap like it. I've, if you're ever gonna finished, wrap it by then, yeah. you don't. It doesn't need to be on there. But I like leaving it on there because I don't like messing around, heating up the kitchen, and you know, especially yeah, in the summer. That's probably true. So, but yeah, that's my that's my trick to the bird. That way, I can just leave it on all night. And but if you're having it for dinner, then it's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, can time then you it. Can just, yeah, but yeah, I think you'll like it. I used apple. Turned out really well. Applewood. Yeah. I think the fruit woods do well with it. I was just going to put some dried leaves in there. There you go. <laughs> well, you live in Washington. Throw some marijuana on there. Burn some marijuana. That'll be a fun Thanksgiving. Oh, baby. <laughs> fun Christmas. Hey, won't have to worry about leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, man. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you later.